3: today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I discuss the Sixers' game four loss in Toronto, Joel Embiid's injured thumb, and how that will impact the rest of this series. Enjoy the podcast. Alright, welcome everybody. This is Derek Fodner. Y- you all know the spiel um, on the Athletics Podcast Network. Following up a 110 to 102 loss in game four to extend the series to game five on Monday. How you doing, Rich?
1: I'm doing okay, man. You know, series coming back to Philly. Got another game, but uh
3: yeah, I'm feeling okay. So, you know, obviously most of the podcast today is gonna to be about Joel Embiid's thumb, which he hurt in was it the third quarter of game three? Second half of game three after a dunk. Um, came out... I'm, I'm not sure that's true,
1: by the way. He said after the game yesterday that he, it might have been before then. He he still doesn't exactly
3: know. Okay, the first time we saw him favor it was after yeah. that dunk. We'll put it that way.
1: He, sa- he said that he thought maybe he got his thumb caught in another player's jersey, but honestly, he, he also said, like, I don't know when it happened. I just know it started hurting. And yeah. Yes, you're right. That monster dunk was the first time he looked down at it, and...
3: Yeah. So overall, seven for 16 uh, for 21 points in game four, eight rebounds, three assists, crucially five turnovers. Um, The Sixers were a negative five while he was on the court. We're still looking at history here where no team has ever come back from an 0-3 hole. We can talk about whether or not we reevaluate that, but I guess we'll just start off with the way they played in game four, the way Joel Embiid specifically played, the way that impacted the team, how much we think that's attributable, attributable to the thumb Uh, I guess that can be my version of the word that you can't say Uh, and where that goes from there. Um, So I guess we'll just start off overall evaluation of game four. Uh, What did you think they did well and what didn't they do well?
1: Well, as for what they, they did well, nothing. They did nothing well.
3: I'll give a minor golf clap to Tobias Harris. I thought he had a pretty overall good game, but that's about it. Yeah.
1: He is the only one who showed up for that game and really was like the best or somewhere even close to the good version of himself. Not even the best version of himself, the good version of himself. They did everything else wrong. That was, that was a shame. Honestly, Toronto was asking to get swept yesterday. This was not a team makes a million threes. Yeah, they did play with a lot of spirit. I will give you that. The Sixers sleptwalk through that game. To your point,
3: Toronto shot eight for 34 from three.
1: Come on, I mean, and you know, you win games earlier in the series when they shoot a very high percentage from three because you are so good and so much better. And I, I will say that was dog shit from the Sixers yesterday. They were really bad, man. I and I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna freak out about this series because I, you're right. Embiid's thumb does scare you. I think anytime you have the three one lead and you, you play so poorly, there is a little bit of uh, of fear moving forward, but I just look at this series like this. When the Sixers have played well, when they have outplayed the Raptors in those two games, they have been blowout wins. When the Raptors have outplayed the Sixers, the Sixers won one of those games and were closer in the other game, despite playing one of the worst games of the series. Uh, That's how I look at it. So, moving forward, if you just play a good game, you're going to win. But they didn't, so... We can get into all that stuff.
3: To your point, though, I think uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, if the Raptors make a reasonable, like if that shooting variance evens out a little bit, I think that probably would have been a blowout. Uh, that was a, you called it dog shit. I can't disagree with your assessment there. That was a real bad effort. Um, and the Sixers lost, you know, all of those sort of edge cases, all not edge cases, all of those, um, you know, margins that we talked about coming into the series, the Sixers got Their door's blown off in all of them. Uh, They turned the ball over. They got outworked on the glass. I think that's one area where we could look at Joel Embiid's thumb, and that might be impacting that. He was not his normal dominant self on the glass, and once he's not his dominant self, there's a lot of inadequacies everywhere else else across the board. I think that was a bad version of James Harden, which we probably saw for really the first time in this series. Tyrese Maxey did not look his normal self. Really, like we said, everyone outside of Tobias Harris brought their C-minus D-game, being charitable, uh, and that is a team where you're going to lose. And I do think if they would have made more than 23% of their threes, that probably is blowout. Uh, and the Sixers, quite frankly, deserved to be blown out in that one. They really did. And I think some of it does come down to Joel Embiid. Some of it probably just comes from human nature of being up 3-0 and letting your foot off the gas. Definitely. That was not a good effort at all. at all. And I mean, they are playing a desperate team. And while Toronto missed a lot of shots, they did at least bring the energy. Um, they won the free throw battle, which I think a lot of people are focusing on. They won the effort battle too and the execution battle. Um, Sixers deserve to get blown out in that game.
1: What'd you make of all the free throw chatter? Because I, I have not rewatched the game in detail. The Raptors shot a lot of free throws, but they did.
3: Pascal Siakam specifically had had 15 attempts uh on his own. Um I ha- like you have not rewatched this game yet. Watching it live outside of the fact that you sort of make a mental note of well, this is weird. The Sixers aren't going quite as much as they normally do, and Toronto's going more than they normally do. Outside of that, I didn't look at that many calls and go, well, that's egregious. Like, Joel Embiid did not look like he wanted to bang inside. He went through periods, um, but overall, on the glass, uh, on just posting up and driving, he did not seem like he wanted to mix it up inside for reasons I think that we could understand, but I think that impacts that in a big way. Uh, I did not think it was all that egregious. And quite frankly, for the most part, I think if you're complaining about fouls, and Joel Embiid does this thing where he's like, Oh, I'm not going to complain about it, but I'm complaining about it right now. Um, If you're you're complaining about fouls, you lost the game for the most part. Unless it's like a specific individual foul. I I think that means you lost the game.
1: So some people will fight back with, you can't ignore
3: the refs. I mean, come on, we're living in reality here. Both the refs can be bad and the Sixers can be bad. James Harden grifted his way to 11 attempts. It's not like they completely ignored the Sixers. And beat shot nine attempts. And by the way, here is the key t-
1: talking point from the game: the Sixers sucked. They sucked. <laughs> yes. Okay, and you people are making me defend Scott Foster and Ed <laughs> Malloy right now. Where I, I just, I-, I just think, you know, we're one loss into the playoffs right now, and we're one for one, just complaining about the refs to an insane degree. And to me, <laughs> like it was when Toronto was complaining after the first two games. That's loser shit for the most part. It is.
3: Rich Hoffman noted Scott Foster apologist.
1: Yeah. By the way, Scott Foster, the one thing I will not apologize for is the worst jump ball thrower in the history (laughs) of the world. I mean, and he refs finals games every year and he refs Chris Paul losses every five days, but he he can't throw a ball straight up in the air. It's crazy. Embiid usually wins jump balls. You can tell with Foster, he's like, oh man, this guy's going to throw a change up on me right (laughs) now. he has no idea what to do look i you know embiid is you know he's he's trying to plant a seed in the the refs heads for the next game just like nick nurse i but i don't want to hear he's any different than nick nurse now because he's doing the same stuff after the game um and look i i think the sixers deserved i uh, you know the the raptors free throws there was a lot i mean there there are a couple of bad calls here and there there's sure. you know siakam flopping on that tobias offensive foul it was ridiculous um, but like, look, I, I think the Raptors generally deserve to shoot more free throws yesterday. Like if the Sixers play harder, get to the paint more, they're going to shoot more free throws. And by the way, I think they're going to come out on fire in the next game and they're going to shoot a bunch of free throws. So yeah. that that's how this is going to work. But yeah, you know, I, I do think like, I, I don't want this to be after every loss that the Sixers suffer. Oh, it will be. It's a, it's a ref catastrophe because this series, there's been one game, game three, where the losing fan base hasn't gone absolutely nuts about the refs, just one. So it's not my favorite part about the
3: that, play. That's fandom in in 2022, though. That's just that's the way it is with the online. Discourse. Yeah, the refs the refs are against you, and you're yeah. everyone's against you. If Media media's bias, against Joel Embiid. ESPN's against Joel Embiid. ESPN doesn't watch any games. Like you hear everything online. People just everyone is against everyone uh, when it doesn't go your way. Hundred percent.
2: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more.
1: Yeah, no, they they stunk yesterday. But I, I do think, though, that it's a little discouraging that they played that way, it's it's very discouraging. But I, I just keep coming back to if you play well, if you play clean basketball, you are going to end this series. And you know Embiid in Toronto six turnover or uh, eleven turnover. Yeah, that's too many. That's <laughs> we talked about trying to play clean basketball, and he's not even coming close to doing that. Like no. I don't, you know, we could talk about his thumb or whatever, but man, his his reads out of the his decision the post, making
3: was real bad.
1: Real they were bad. horrible. It got sped up. I don't know what the only thing Toronto started doing is they started coming from the top and they started coming off when he put the ball on the floor. That's, that's going to make it impossible. Now. I I do think uh, the, the one addition to that, I would say too, is uh, Toronto losing Van Vliet makes them a tougher defensive team though to play against because they're all long now. And now you bring Barnes back. There's not. Trent is really the only person who I look at is like, man, that guy's like, and Trent's six, five. So whatever. But, I, you know, he's like the one guy you can attack. So that's a little bit harder. You, you should be able to stop that team now on the other end of the court. But yeah, their offense just sucked yesterday and it wasn't just Embiid. Like you said, it was Harden dribbling the air out of the ball. It was Maxi not doing anything. It was, it was a bad performance, but look, I think if you look at the overall takeaway from this, you
3: got one of two in Toronto, go finish it at home now. Yeah, no, they're in a, a real good spot uh, Up three, one, two out of last three at home. No team in NBA history has ever Blowing that 3-0 lead. And they are. the And for as much as Joel Embiid's thumb changes the equation, and it does, you know, but Fred Van Vliet has the bruised knee. He's got the hip. um, Obviously, Scotty Barnes is just coming back, and he didn't look 100%. He had a period where he looked like he was really favoring it. They're not exactly at the top of their health either. And neither of those are obviously nearly as important as Joel Embiid, but they don't exactly have a ton of depth either. And you're looking at Fred Van Vliet, and he's a player who is so integral to their offense. You should be able to, like you said, you should be able to shut that team down. And I do think they're going to come out here in five. I'm not really big on predictions. Um, we make them before the series, but like, I can't predict what's going to happen game to game. I would be surprised if they didn't come out with a much better effort, a much, much, much better effort, much better effort in terms of effort to sort of push at home. Um, I don't know if they're going to make their shots. I don't know if they're going to play the best, most crisp offense in the world. I'm not sure you're going to see a repeat of game one, but I expect their overall effort level to be much better um, because that combined all of it. It combined their bad tendencies. It combined getting outworked. And along with Joel Embiid, who just doesn't look the same. So I guess we'll sort of pivot to that. Where do you think that thumb is impacting him the most? And how do you think he rebounds from it? And you can even take that in a literal rebounding yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, well, he said it yesterday. He said that he thought rebounding was the biggest area. He doesn't exactly know at this point. Um, he said rebounding and passing, and those were two lackluster areas. I mean, he had he had eight rebounds yesterday. The Sixers rebounded a lot better in the second half. They were a disaster to start the game with just Zone and Thad Young and Achua just killing them on the boards. Um I definitely think you could see it on some of those passes. He's trying to throw them with his left hand and it's a, uh, I don't know this, this whole thing sucks. I I think he's going to be able to play through it. He's talked about wanting to play through it, but he's gonna, it's going to take some adjustment for sure. Like to, to have that probable ligament damage on your shooting hand too. Like it it couldn't have just been the other hand where he's, he's like, yeah, that would have been a lot better. It could have, could have helped me a lot more um yeah i I think like anything that requires catching the ball like when it's thrown from a great distance or it's you know you're kind of in a scrum with other bodies hand fighting so i would say rebounding i'd say catch and shoot like i'd say pick and roll like that's not fun catching a ball and then shooting it right away um passing out of the post with with your hand yeah it's look it, it affects a lot of things and I will say, like, I didn't think his, his energy level was great nope. either yesterday for a lot of it. If he comes out like a man on fire in, in game five and starts getting deep post position, I think he can make enough shots with that thing. Like, he clearly showed in the third quarter when he played a little bit with a little more pep in his step and all those things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it affects a lot of his game. And it's, uh, you know, it's a thing that he said when I go out there, I'm, I'm not going to think about it. But, you know, you see him. He keeps looking down at that thing. I, I heard a lot of people say, well, he always kind of milks his injuries. He's always letting you know he's got these minor tweaks. I think this is different. I, I actually I think do. this is hurting him.
3: And it's one thing, you know, it's one thing, the pain aspect of it. And clearly he's going to play through that. And that might still impact him because you, there might just be instances where you don't want to get hit on the thumb like you normally would be okay getting hit. But even just beyond that, like you're talking about a sport where you have to grip a basketball. Even if it's not throbbing pain, you might just not have the same grip. You might not have the same sensation feeling the ball and you might not have the same touch. And that could show up in his jump shot. That could show up in the passes. That could show up in being able to play through contact. Even if it's not a throbbing pain, it can still, and it probably is quite frankly, because you see him looking down at it and wincing at times. It could still impact his his quality of play. Uh, And he just might not be as efficient doing things he otherwise was comfortable doing. And we have to see sort of how this will play out probably not the type of thing that's gonna get any better um but who knows it's it, not by the way great.
1: also I, I don't think it's gonna get better either would have been nice to get a week off if you played hard yesterday as yeah. a team
3: yep uh so that's where like you need to, you need to be a lot crisper defensively you need to you can't give up 30 well 34 threes most of which were pretty open especially in the first half, you can't up that many offensive rebounds and understand that rebounding might not be something that you enjoy doing right now. And quite frankly, a Sixers team around him need to do a better job of team re- re- rebounding too. It can't all be on the big guy, even though for most of the season, it is pretty much all on the big guy. Um, I do worry a little bit that this makes a series tougher. You Certainly. Hit. It's going to make, Absolutely. it's going to make a Miami series. If they do, if both these teams do close out significantly tougher, um, it's sort of and i i hate this phrase it is what it is but yeah i think it what it is sucks it. yeah yeah no it is it is it's uh
1: look i think the only hope is that this is a guy who's learned how to play through injuries his entire career and he's obviously very tough and you know hopefully he finds a way as these playoffs move along hopefully the sixers advance here as these playoffs move along to, to deal with it better, to, to understand yeah. what I can do, what I can't do, how to best use the hand. But he, you know, he said it and he wasn't even, um, I, I said it was like a deadpan. He wasn't even doing that. He just was like, somebody asked him, Hey, wh- where is it affecting you the most? He says, well, like in basketball, you have to use your hands a lot. And he's right. <laughs> like, he's right. You do have to use your hands a lot. So I don't know. This Sucks. Of course, of course, he gets hurt. And it's another freak incident, too. It's just, I don't even want to hear he's injury prone. It's just like, this could have happened the entire year, but he gets his hand stuck in a guy's jersey in the first round in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, it's awesome.
3: the kind of thing that just happens. Like, it's it, terrific. Injury prone would be like if, you know, his foot yeah. never recovered or his knees always kept him out. And this isn't like an, this just random. It's just a random ligament. It does.
1: It sucks. I don't really have anything more than it sucks. And it's, you know, the the way they were talking about it, it seems like they know that it's ligament damage.
3: Yeah, no. Doc, Doc did not seem like he was overly enthused. Do not want to completely reveal the nature of the injury, but he, he pretty much said it sucks. Do you think they run less of their offense through him? Like, can you play the style that you played in Game One and Two?
1: Yeah, if you get out in transition and do that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so in a in the next series. But like, can they do that to win a Game Five? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, would I like be trying to do that? No, no. Like I, I'd like Joel Embiid still very much involved. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, but again, like the way he scored in games one and two were running the floor and getting deep post position and running the occasional pick and roll with Harden. I mean, they just ran slow post-ups yesterday. It just yeah. sucked. Um, but no, like I, I think getting him in the post is generally a good thing. Getting him at the elbow and the nail is, is generally a good thing. He needs to it's tough because we're saying that he did a poor job with all these double teams and his reads. I, I fully understand that his hand is, is playing a factor here though, and how he's passing. So I don't know. That's uh that makes things tough to, to analyze here.
3: I do think the next series is one where just like straight post up might be a little bit easier. Part of Miami's um, defensive identity is they can switch so much. Uh, so it's, you know, I think he's going to have a little bit of an advantage on bam one-on-one and they're not, they're good sending double teams. They're not quite Toronto level good. I don't know. We'll see it play out. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It sucks. What you need is a much better performance from Harden. You need a much better performance from Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Uh, you need more help around him. You need Danny Green to make his open shots. Um, you need more help around him for sure. For sure. So luckily, the Sixers have a, a deep, reliable team of contributors who who never um never have slumps.
1: Uh, another part of yesterday that's not getting talked about a lot, and I will just issue the challenge out for tomorrow. You know who owes them a big-ass game tomorrow night? Matisse Dibble owes them a gigantic game yeah. last night. Yep. Danny Green is is playing way too many minutes, can't make open threes. George Niang is making his threes. He can't move, dude. No. He, he literally can't
3: move. He can't play 20-plus minutes in the series, but you have so few options.
1: And you have so few options and you have a guy who couldn't play in these games because of the vaccination rules. He's been fresh for two games. You need like 25 to 30 good minutes from Matisse T-stable tomorrow
3: night. You just do. And he didn't play that many minutes in the first couple of games. You need them now. And I see a lot of people, um, you know, you said because of the vaccination rules, it's really because of his decision. I see a lot of people blaming Canada for their rule. No, this is the same rule that the United States has coming into the country as well. It's just all of Toronto's players are vaccinated because they pretty much have to be, because you can't miss playing against 29 teams this is not like a canada specific thing both countries have this or versions of this rule it's just matisse is the only one who's not vaccinated they, they or fully need a big vaccinated
1: game for, they need a big game for him those guys are, are
3: dying they just uh, need play. yeah they need they need minutes they need minutes from, him, from an open him. and free, honestly, a cut to the basket 20 minutes and good and difference. they need and they need somebody to guard your, gary trent
1: Because Maxie really struggled chasing him around screens yesterday, and that led to a lot of offensive rebounds and a lot of fouls. Gary Trent is not on the high end of player that Matisse has shut down in his career. Go guard him well for for 25 minutes tomorrow night. And again, I think they're probably going to win the game because if you stop him, you probably stop their team. I'm assuming Tobias is going to lay an egg again. He's playing. I I will say that's the big positive. He's playing great right now. Yeah, Uh, just just literally keep doing what you're doing. He looks athletic and he's tough. He even and had he even, a
3: couple of good driving kicks in the corner. And when Tobias is making passes, it's like, whoa, what's going on?
1: He's reading the floor really well. Part, part of me wonders if that's a little bit of Toronto where they're just, sure. they abandon the corner. They're corners, rotating give him like like Easy, easy kickouts. Yeah, but, okay. but by the way, he is, I mean, he's reading the hell out of those. Like he was the anti-MB almost where yeah. he's just, all right, you're doing all this shit. Fine. I, I got Danny Green wide open the corner brick, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's funny. The Sixers shot in the forty. Would they shoot thirty seven percent or something from three yesterday? No, Man, they, they shot.
3: They shot over forty. They shot over 40. forty. Yep, all four I games.
1: It. I got it up right now. Yeah, it's been a huge advantage. And I mean, it's just they shot forty two percent yesterday from three. That's like their low end. These shots are wide open. They, Danny Green is he had a really bad day from the corners yesterday. If he has a good day, they might win the game. Um. They just have a they have a skill advantage. It, it's very clear. The Raptors have the the athleticism advantage. They have the shooting and skill advantage. If they do not turn the ball over and do not get killed on the offensive glass and in transition, they win the game because they're better basketball players. They are. They just are as a team. They are. Um. So yeah, that's a. Hey, look, that's a, that's a big part of it. I like look since we have started covering the Sixers. I think they've won every first round series besides that Boston sweep yep. in five games, and they've won the last one at home. Perfect chance to do it again. I- I'm not going to predict they automatically do it. I, I think I-, I would be a little bolder if Joel did not have this thumb thing.
3: No, if, the, if it wasn't for the thumb thing, I'd say, well, that's a, you know, that's a letdown game. Not that you should have letdown games in playoffs, but it happens. Toronto was playing with desperation. I would predict them in five pretty easily. And I'm
1: still going to predict them at five. I still think they're going to win, but I'm not as quite as confident about
3: it. No. Look, I, last two games have sort of played out. I think how a lot of us, you know, when we went back and said, I'm picking the Sixers in six, I think the last two games have sort of played out how we thought this series would play out. First two games, you had the Sixers executing at an extremely high level, looked a lot easier than we expected. Last two games, you've seen Toronto win on the margins, win the rebounding battle forced turnovers, Um, flummoxed Joel Embiid a little bit the difference now though is that you have the thumb and you don't know how much the Sixers can replicate what they did in the first two games how much Joel Embiid can even replicate what he did in game three for much of it because he did it's you had the bad decision making you had the hesitancy and you had some passes that just looked off the mark Uh, I don't know how much to factor each of them in there I do think they need Joel Embiid to figure out a way to be more aggressive on the glass. Like, they cannot get stomped on the glass like they did in the first half of Game 4. If the series is going to end up being longer than we expected, that's going to be a huge key. I do think he finds a way to have a much higher energy level, and I don't know what that means in terms of his jump shot or his willingness to sort of bang inside, uh, but I think his effort level, I think the team's overall defense is going to be better. I think they're going to be able to shut this team down because the, the Raptors do look very hobbled, because Van Vliet is so injured and uncertain. Raptors just don't have that many ways to score. And I think part of the disappointment of Game 4 was they didn't defend Pascal Siakam nearly as well as they did in the first three games. And that breathed a little bit of life into Toronto, which along with the rebounding edge and turnovers, um, if there's one thing I expect, I expect Joel Embiid to handle double teams better. And I expect a better energy level out of him I think those two things should carry them to a win in game five, but it's more uncertain. Like, I still give the Sixers a 95% chance of winning the series. I just think they're going to find a way to win one of these final three games. But boy, if you're going to draw up a script for the first blown, I, I don't want to speak this into existence, but like yeah. an injury to your star player is, but going back to it, there's such a talent gap that even if Joel Embiid's never 100% the rest of the series, I think Tyrese Max is going to win you a game. I think James Harden is going to figure out a way to win you a game. I think the Sixers defense could win you a game. They're going to win one of those next three games. I'm pretty confident. I'm just not sure if it's going to be game five. And if this goes back to Toronto, that's when I think you start getting a lot of people that could start panicking. Just so hopefully it's have, not anybody who's on the court or on the why bench. you
1: have to, to finish it in five. And to me, it's like you said, I, you know, I honestly think with Embiid, the one game or the one, yeah, the one game and the one half specifically where I thought he completely bailed them out, where he, it was just him being the MVP version of himself and really not having a ton of help was game three after he yeah. initially hurt the uh, the thumb. If they follow the script from Game games one and two, he was like a cog in the machine in those games. He yeah. wasn't the only person. Game one, he didn't score that much. Game two, he scored a ton early, but the way he scored, and, and you said it.
3: It's just effort. It, it's literally just effort. and it That's, that's the one thing, though. If like, he's concerned going inside to pursue those rebounds, like a lot of game two early on was pursuing a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, I don't know how badly that contact inside is, is hurting that thumb. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. But it, it's sprinting the floor, and honestly, that's what's annoying with the Sixers yesterday because they, they just said it. They all said they played harder than us, and that, that can't happen in a playoff game. But sometimes teams are going to out-execute you. Sometimes they're going to dispirit you with shot making execution. By the way, here's an example of that. Game one and game two. They did it to the other team. Yeah. But they just ugh, an effort team just completely played hard in them. And I, I agree. I think it was like human nature. And it's it's disappointing to me knowing that Embiid was injured that you don't summon up a better performance than that. But look, if they bring some like like just ninety percent of the energy that they brought for the first two games. I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I really do. I think they're going to close this thing out. But it's uh, look, they're going to be dealing with a long, long team, and yeah, Embiid's got to do a better job passing. It just that was a key part of the game. Harden's got to do a way. Wait, we haven't really talked about him. Harden's got to do a way better job getting Maxi involved. Way, yep. way better. Yep. Like just and also Embiid as well. In the fourth quarter, when they went, I think they went eight straight possessions without a bucket. A lot of hard and ISO ball yeah. on that one, which, it look, so some of it is that is how he plays. And when it looks bad, it's going to look really bad. And, you know, it was a weird game in a sense because I was watching the first quarter and was like, you know, he's making every wrong decision, but he's also getting by guys more than he, he used to. So it's like this is the complete opposite of what we thought. Like, we thought he makes every right decision, but he can't get by guys. Uh, just need him to be... Uh, better making decisions but again there was a lot of stuff that went wrong for the sixers yesterday i know the raps didn't shoot it well they lost by eight They didn't shoot it well they also got a great siakam game they lost by eight like i I think that it is clear the sixers are a better team as constituted right now you just you gotta show it in the fifth game
3: yep i agree all right uh speaking of closing this one out let's close this podcast out so we can get on our way to practice uh thank you rich for jumping on and we will talk to you soon